Your brand is very simply what makes you the right choice for the right people. So it's important that you understand who those right people are and then what it is that makes you the right choice and make sure that that's being communicated across every touch point that a client has with your business. So a sales funnel is basically how you move a prospect from becoming aware of you into whatever the offer is that you're making. So the sales funnel could start from a website, it could start from uh, a speaking engagement, basically a touch point with a lead that is just becoming aware of you. How you're selling your products and programs is very dependent on what kind of lifestyle you want, what type of business you're running, the clients that you're attracting. Um, so different industries are going to respond to different marketing. For example, if you are marketing to consumers, Facebook's a great place for you to be. And that is coming up next on Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show, so stay tuned. So, the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. We have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful, and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support, and help each other out. So come join us. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. Join today and get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series absolutely free. If you enjoy this video, then do let us know by hitting that like button now. Or if you want us to improve our content, then go ahead and hit that thumbs down button and give us your honest feedback in the comment section below. Here at Tata Noodle, we are passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Every week, we bring you insightful and engaging videos, interviews, tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your business or rise in your corporate profession. If you're new here, please do consider subscribing and do not forget to hit that bell icon so that you are notified when we publish new content. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dream Show. I'm your host Manoj Agarwal and today we'll be talking with Holly Chantel. Holly helps uh, to create brands that people notice, fall madly in love with and tell their friends about. She aids businesses to make the right choice for the right people and then infuse that into every tiny detail and touch point. Holly believes that at the end of the day with the right brand, whatever business dream you have, it is possible. I completely agree. Welcome Holly. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your story and how did you get into branding? Uh, how did you start? Um, we want to get to know you better. Yeah, so I've always been kind of a nerd and started building websites when I was 12. And so I kind of got into branding by accident when I started my business out of college doing website design for online entrepreneurs and realized that they didn't really know what it is they wanted. <laughs> they never knew what to ask for. When we talked about what was going on their website, they often weren't really, they weren't really sure how to position their offerings, who their target audience was, what made them different, all the, basically all the important things that go on a website. Wow. And so 
you know, they started looking from to me for more than just what is the strategy, what components and, and pieces need to be on this website, and really, what do we say on the site? So I've worked on you know, over 200 websites, written copy and content for a lot of different types of entrepreneurs, and through this process, realized that what I was really doing is branding. And uh, so now... <laughs> I had a business partner at the time that was doing the design and I was doing more of the tech and the strategy. And now all I do is strategy and copywriting and it is so much fun. So I kind of developed, developed it as I went. And now, um, now I don't do website design at all. <laughs> and I'm really only doing online strategy, copywriting and uh, sales funnels, those kinds of things. And it's so much fun. Awesome. That's great. So uh, let's talk about all these concepts that you uh, just mentioned. Branding. Let's start with branding. It's a very confusing term, but I, I mean, it's very important. A lot of people uh, confuse branding with just your logo or maybe the company name or whatever, or, you know, in some cases, the color palette they use. So according to you, what what is branding? Your brand is very simply what makes you the right choice for the right people. So it's important that you understand who those right people are and then what it is that makes you the right choice and make sure that that's being communicated across every touch point that a client has with your business. I see. I see. And what about sales funnels? You mentioned sales funnels. So what, uh, what are sales funnels? So a sales funnel is basically how you move a prospect from becoming aware of you into whatever the offer is that you're making. So the sales funnel could start from a website. It could start from uh, a speaking engagement, basically a touch point with a lead that is just becoming aware of you. And then what are the steps that they go through and what is the experience that they're going to have during that process, the content you're going to share and um, like the engagement points you're going to have with them that lead them into actually buying the product or program. I see. So uh, it's it's more like sort of um, holding the hand of the lead and sort of walking them through uh, whatever offers you have in store for them. Is that sort of correct? Yeah. So it's like, how, how are you building that relationship? Because we're really in an online world now mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily, you know, at a storefront or in a in in the room with the prospect where you're having a conversation instead a lot of it's happening one-sided so you're putting out content you're sending out emails you're putting up ads and you're putting out all this information and you need to kind of put yourself in the buyer's shoes to know what is going to attract them and then what are the what are the decision points and what is their thought process as they're interacting with your, with those marketing touch points that gets them to make a decision that yes, you were the right choice for them. So the sales funnel might have, like I said, there's the touch point of when they become in contact with you, but what emails are you sending them during those first two weeks are really critical. Are there any um, micro commitments that you can have them make before they buy that just kind of gauges how interested they are and starts getting them building a more active relationship with you versus just having that one-sided sending information and, and they read it and that's it. But how can you start getting them to engage with you so that eventually you can have that conversation with them, maybe not in the same room, depending on your industry, but by phone, Zoom, whatnot, and um, really get clear on their needs and, and position yourself specifically for them because you're talking to them 
you know, face to face almost. Um, So that's, that's basically what that goes into this salesman are all those little steps and micro decisions. And and a lot of them are technical pieces. Um, And what do you say in all, in each of those steps? That's great. Uh, It sounds like uh, quite a complex, uh, complex process. So do you have some sort of a template framework that you use for uh, each of your clients or is it like a, a new uh, bespoke uh, process for everyone? So there's no template or blueprint that is for all of my clients because it, for me, you're, how you're selling your products and programs is very dependent on what kind of lifestyle you want, what type of business you're running, the clients that you're attracting. Um, so different industries are going to respond to different marketing. For example, if you are marketing to consumers, Facebook's a great place for you to be. If you're marketing to business professionals, LinkedIn is a better place to be. So there's really no cookie cutter funnel that I could give you. Um, So where I always start with clients is getting very, very clear on what their business model looks like and what their brand looks like so that we can match up the right type of sales process that's going to suit them and get them the best results. Awesome. Um, now let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, how how did you realize this opportunity? Um, you, you, as you said, uh, you were building websites, but how did you sort of uh, uh, build this branding agency, this sales funnel agency? So it's it's kind of funny because just like the website happened by the website design piece happened by accident, I was also um, kind of pushed into the role I'm in now when I had kids because anyone that's in this industry knows that, you know, project management is, is a big part of website design (laughs) and it also is very, very time consuming. So when I had kids, I committed to the fact that I really only wanted a schedule that was about 25 hours a week so that I could, you know, they'd still be in daycare for a couple hours a day, but I wanted to be able to be with them for the bulk of my time. And when they're in school, et cetera, um, they're not in school yet. They're still really little, <laughs> but when they are, I know that my work week, you know, will I'll be able to take them to games and that kind of thing after. Sure. Awesome. So what and, happened was, yeah. oh, go ahead. no, no, go ahead, please. So what happened was uh, my business partner and I at the time had been talking about, you know, not doing website design. He really wanted to move on to other things other than graphic design. And it kind of came to a point where we were like, okay, like, this isn't working for me. It's not working for you. Let's, you know, let's move on and find something different. And so move, so taking website design out of my offerings was a huge step because that was 80% of my clients. And um, so what I found was now, now I'm actually selling more. So a lot of my clients are more product, private practice coaches, um, service professionals, and they don't have tangible offerings. Like they don't have a product that they're selling. Um, so I got to turn all of the strategy that I was using with them onto myself because now I was no longer selling a tangible product. So I actually got even better at what I do because now like it's not just a, you know, you're doing it to others, but not onto yourself. (laughs) You learn a lot more when you do it on yourself. 
Um, so I had to go through my own process of rebranding and, and re, um, re-understanding who my target audience was and restructuring my business model and redoing all of my sales funnels. So it was kind of a, it was bittersweet. So, you know, complete change, complete overhaul, complete like 180, but also in the end, I really get to do what I truly enjoy. I'm no longer spending hours upon hours managing, you know, hurt, what a, hurting Jello, as some people put it, <laughs> which is often what project management is. Uh, and and now I have the schedule that I want, you know, only working 25 hours a week. That's awesome. And uh, you said uh, that it was, uh, you know, this this new business was almost like a deep spiritual awakening. So that's quite interesting comment. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah. So the spiritual awakening was actually a little came a little bit later than that first transition. So what happened was, is I, I made all these big <laughs> business and, um, you know, and obviously things slowed down for a time. And what I found was when I started building the business back up, I couldn't get back to the level I had been. And I kept telling myself it was because I'm selling a different product, you know, and, and in reality, I was still paying myself the same amount because I was no longer splitting everything with my business partner. It was all, you know, pure profit essentially. So the spiritual awakening happened when I just kept coming up against that upper limit. And I call it, I call it um, the six figure plateau with my clients. Cause after experiencing it, I realized that I wasn't the only one and a lot of other people do too, where you get to a point where you can't get beyond it. Mm. Even though you have all the abilities you have the skill, you have the confidence. For some reason, you just keep bumping up against this, this ceiling or this plateau. Yeah. So the spiritual awakening for me happened when I felt like I was a total, complete failure. I um, was having a ton of health issues at the time because of stress and realized that it was really a lot of pressure that I was putting on myself for one because if you looked at my lifestyle, I was working 25 hours a week. I have all the time I want to spend with my kids. You know, I am doing all of the things that I value. You know, we're not suffering financially by any means. And so the spiritual awakening was really understanding that I, one, had already created what I wanted and I really did not need to break through that ceiling. And that the ceiling was telling me something in that I has, had been staying in my comfort zone. And because I was staying in my comfort zone, that was why I couldn't break through to that next level that I wanted. And that comfort zone had to do with the clients I was working with and the services I was offering. And I really wanted to do something more. So since then, um, and this is actually more recent, I rebranded at the, uh, toward the end of last year, I rebranded again. <laughs> into the new, you know, fully expressed version of my brand and bringing in more of the quantum physics, the meta metaphysical aspects that drive business and um, helping clients with more than just their brand and really helping them um, figure out where those plateaus are happening and why they're happening and transitioning from the business that they're in into you know, the business that they've always, that they deep down really want, but might not realize. So there's kind of multi layers to this in my story. Like there's a couple, you know, <laughs> we're talking about probably two different phases, which might be a little confusing, um, but hopefully it all makes sense. No, but this is good stuff. So, so can we go a little bit deeper into this topic? You know, when you mentioned quantum physics and metaphysics, so uh, can you uh, talk a little bit more about that? 
Yeah. So a lot of people teach, you know, manifestation as, um, which it has a lot to do with, you know, metaphysical and, and quantum physics, setting that intention of what you want and waiting for it to be attracted to you. So law of attraction, those, all, I'm giving you all the buzzwords that just so that yeah. people that have heard of these things know, uh, know what I'm referring to. And um, I feel like a lot of people set out the intention and then they just expect things to happen. Uh Or they set out the intention and they don't know how to listen when they are getting an answer or when they are getting an opportunity. So something that I do with my clients now is really building their self-awareness and specifically in their business. So uh, I... When I work with my clients, we work uh, mostly in the Trailblazers Collaborative. So it's actually a group of people. And we meet every 90 days and they take a look at their business and the goals that they've set for themselves. And they really examine what's working, what's not working, what can be improved, and taking down the data of the activities they've done, um, how long it's taken them, uh, how many leads they've gotten, what the results are of the funnels that they've created. And so many business owners, they don't look at those things. Instead, they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They're setting goals. They're you know, waiting for things to happen. They're just hoping that it's working, but they never actually look at what the results are. Mm-hmm. And they, part of it's afraid, a fear. They're afraid that if they look, they're not going to like what they see. And then part of it's just a um, feeling overwhelmed by those, those, that kind of data, like not being able to process it. And that's something that I'm really good at. So in doing this, we build the self-awareness and they begin to, to learn how to, to, um, to listen to that inner guidance. So understanding, um, you know, when there's that small voice in their head that's telling them not to do something or to do something. And when it's actually fear or, um, you know, their, their ego speaking, and not necessarily their higher self, and then how to really tune into that voice that you know they're too afraid to listen to, but is actually that that signal from the universe that this is what they need to do. Awesome. awesome. So it's really it's a very interesting process, and how this really came about was because remember I was talking about that plateau that people hit. Well, when you hit that, you lose your confidence, and you feel like you can't listen to yourself anymore. And so that's what I said, like I had that awakening was because I had lost all my confidence. I thought I was a total failure and I wasn't really paying attention to the facts and the data. They were showing me that I really wasn't a failure and that maybe there was something else going on other than, you know, what I was seeing. And when I was able to start listening to that and start, you know, building that confidence back very slowly, all kinds of opportunities opened up. I see. That's great. Well, this is this is exactly what uh, I'd like to focus on because I really uh, truly believe in the uh, in the uh, quantum physics, as you mentioned, and law of attraction. So, do you think that this work is more important and it should be done before you put together any strategy, any sales funnels, any any of those sort of the components that go into the tactical uh, steps to accomplish what you are trying to accomplish? Um, sorry, what do you mean when you say this work needs to be done first? So, uh, you know, uh, setting your intentions, uh, figuring out exactly what you want, what, you know, where your fears are, where, you know, trying to listen to your own inner voice. Yeah, so 
Yes, and you have to be careful about um, if you already are in business um, and you've built your business to a certain point, you have to be a little bit careful because sometimes um, what happens is, is, is someone will stop what they're doing and like to and and they lose the cash flow that's going to support them in their new endeavor. So one thing that I'm always very careful with my clients is making sure that we maintain old business, even though they're not necessarily super happy in it right now, but we, we put it like, how do we maintain old business and maintain the status quo? And then yes, we get really deep into, okay, what is it that you really want? And sometimes, uh, or most of the time, if I were to ask someone what they want, the answer is actually completely different than when we really get get go deep into it and and visualize and talk about all the fears that are coming up and what their what their you know inner voice is saying that they've been resisting. Oftentimes, people don't even realize what they want, um, and usually it's because the desires that they have are coming from an external place. So it's coming from seeing other people in their industry and what they're doing and what their lifestyles are and what they have. And feeling like if you're not doing that, then you're a failure. Yeah. So what it really comes down to is understanding what's important to you. So that is always the first step, figuring out what you want. And then from there, it's, then you can reverse engineer it. Um, so I kind of do play both realms, the, the more, um, more intuitive realm and then also like the engineering like okay what are the steps to making this happen and how do we transition in phases from current business to the business that they actually really want i see um so uh, now coming back to the the business side of things and and you know there's so much competition there's uh, th so much uh, being thrown at us advertisement social media email um do you think it's it's even possible for somebody to sort of come up with a business which may not be very innovative like it pretty much you know uh, it's kind of hard to come up with new ideas but how possible it is to build a business uh, and and make it flourish make it grow uh, in the competitive marketplace that we have today yeah so today's i mean today's market you really can't come up with an original idea everything's been done before <laughs> so it can be pretty daunting however you'd be surprised at how simple it is to stand out mm. and just to give you like a really um, obvious example, Amazon, like their claim to fame, however many years ago, was two-day shipping. Mm. Like that's really what put Amazon on the map. It, you know, yes, you could buy at the time they were selling just books mostly uh, at reduced rates, but you know, where they really took off was the two-day shipping. And that's when they started adding different products and categories and really blew up to what they are today because of free shipping. It's something that was so, so simple. And most, so for most business owners, their differentiator is something very simple. It could be um, the way you do customer service. It could be a certain value that you hold. So most of the time, it's not necessarily a feature, especially in, in service-based, it's not necessarily a feature. It could just be a philosophy or a, um, a, a way you work that when you hang your hat on that, so to speak, with your brand, it really 
you become known for it. And that's really when we're talking about standing out for competitors. It's really just standing for something and being really clear on why people should hire you. So it's not necessarily, you know, what makes you outlandishly different, um, but, but what makes you the right choice for the right people. Great. And you uh, brought up self-awareness. So, you know, that's a big part of this uh, puzzle. But uh, from what you said, uh, you know, differentiating yourself and trying to figure out what exactly people are looking for. So obviously learning about your customer is very important as well. So do you follow any process in sort of uncovering what exactly who's the, who's your target market? Who's the what is the demographics? What are their interests? What are their fears? Yeah, so I actually have a like a three layer deep process when it comes to target audience. Um, and the, on my blog, there actually is a interview. So I do an interview whenever I'm creating a new product or a sales page or whatnot with whoever the ideal client is. So I'll explain the three step, like the three layers. And then if someone wants to interview, all the questions are right there. Um, so your target audience is what you would expect. It's the demographic, um, the industry, the, you know, the group of people that you want to work with. And that's where most people start and oftentimes end with <laughs> their market research. The next layer deep is the ideal client. So understanding who in that market values your services already and is going to be a really good client for you. So um, if you're a if you're working with, you know, small to medium businesses, you know, how, how big are their teams? What kind of infrastructure do they have? Are they able to integrate you very easily? Or are you going to have to, um, you know, do a lot of extra work in order to even make it possible to do your job kind of thing. So knowing what those little nuances are, they might be levels of experience. It might be shared philosophies. It might be um, resources that they have. What makes them an ideal client to work with? And when you get really clear on this, it's, it, you can market to them specifically so that you're attracting more of those people that you really love working with and doing a lot less jobs where you know, you're, it feels like you're pulling teeth, they're kind of draining you, this isn't really that much fun. Um, so ideal client is the second level. And then the third level is really when you're marketing a um, product or service or you're creating one of those sales funnels that we were talking about in the beginning is understanding who is the specific person that I want to bring into this funnel. And this is where the interview comes in because you really want to interview this person and get clear language from them on what are the problems they're facing? What are they trying to do to solve it? Why do they believe it's not working? Like all of those, those, um, things that you might be putting into your marketing, but when you put it into their language is much easier to understand versus our language, which is full of jargon. It's full of assumptions. It's very general and um, doesn't land as well. Nice. Um, so when you interview them, you record it and you can actually usually turn it into a sales page um, just from there. Like your website copy essentially um, can come right from that interview. Awesome. And, uh, you know, this, they, here there's a chicken and egg situation where, you know, you are trying to set up a business. You do, Maybe you don't even have a product. You just have an idea. And, you know, how do we find the target customer? How do we interview them? How do we ensure that, uh, you know, they have the right person to talk to? So most of the time when you're starting a business, at least in my experience, it's because the person's very, very passionate about their about the idea like they've usually had a personal experience or have been a very close witness 
to a personal experience that caused them to want to create this business. So you can start with um, who were you at that time when you needed the product? Or who was the person that you were you know, close with at the time that needed the product? And do your own exploration of yourself and what your beliefs were at the time and what you were trying, what we were struggling with. So you can answer the questions yourself when you're starting out until you can find someone that fits that description of that ideal client for you so that you can make them an avatar and, and interview them. Um, but when you start, you can, you can start with yourself at that time. It's just, it's a little bit more difficult because you've already crossed over to the other side. So sometimes it can be hard to remember those details. And mm. what I tell my clients is you can't speak butterfly language to a caterpillar. Mm. So if you're already a butterfly, it can be hard for you to get that language that the caterpillar has because you've forgotten that you've changed. You don't, yeah. you don't really, you're not in that, you know, resonance anymore. Sure. That's great. And, um, how many how many such interviews are ideal like uh, do you think we can talk to one person two person 20 200 uh, what, what is the threshold so depending on the product or service i usually only interview one i know that you know larger companies where they're trying to like they're marketing on more of a, a like massive scale than someone that is really in business for themselves um, I know they do focus groups and they do, you know, large level surveys and that kind of thing. I think that those kinds of things are good for the ideal client level, but really to get that specific language, you really want to interview one person that is like the epitome of an ideal client because that one person, the experiences they share, um, the, the things that they've tried, like the, the pain points that they have will resonate with a lot of different people. But if you interview more than one person, you'll start to get confused languages because confused language because they won't necessarily um, say the same things and they might contradict each other. And then your marketing is going to contradict itself. And um, it doesn't mean that one was better than the other. But if you're not crystal clear, then like neither audience is going to hear you. Yeah. Great. And I know you have, uh, you know, a, a really strong feeling about competition and a lot of people sort of get scared about competition and they don't even enter a business if they see there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, obviously there's going to be big competition, but if they see something significant, like a large company competing in the same product uh, or service. Uh, so what do you think about that? Like, what are your views about competition and um, share, can you share that with us? So I might be kind of a weirdo, but I love competition. Um, not because I'm like super competitive, but because I feel like um, one, you can piggyback on your competition. Like if someone is out there marketing on a larger scale than you are, they're basically creating awareness that your service or product exists and you should thank them <laughs> because they're doing some of the education process of making people aware that they need your product or service. And then you, and then you can piggyback on that by sharing what makes you the right choice for the right people because they're not going to be for everyone. Maybe their product or service is, you know, cost 10 times more than yours and you can capture the people that can't afford their product or service, but still want the same level of quality. Um, or maybe, you know, they serve a particular slice of the market, a particular um, type of demographic or, or client or a certain philosophy and you do things slightly differently. But, you know, uh, so an example, um, infomercials are like my guilty pleasure. 
<laughs> when I was up with my kids nursing at, you know, 3 a.m., infomercials was what I was watching. Wow. And there's like a, there's an instant potter, a pressure cooker on infomercials that like I just fell in love with, like I need this product. So I went online and did a search and found their competition, not purposely, but I, when I did a search, their competition yeah. showed up and found that they had one feature that the other one didn't that, you know, I was like, oh, okay, like this is even better. <laughs> and also the reviews that they had on the infomercial pressure cooker were that it wasn't really all that great. So I found another one that costs, you know, probably $10 less, um, but had the feature I wanted and had better reviews. So I ended up buying from them, even though they weren't the one paying for the advertising. Awesome. That's um, great. So that's one side of competition. The other side of competition is that your competition can help you uh, create the right language to uh, be able to communicate what makes you different and the right choice. So if you research what their philosophy and point of view is in your industry versus what yours is, what their methodology is and how they do, how they do their work and why they do it that way. And then your methodologies, you can actually create language um, that goes on your website that really describes why people should be working with you. And usually those type like, it's easier to compare yourself to someone else and be like, oh, they're doing things this way. I do things this way rather than straight up asking, okay, what do I do differently? Excellent. You'll get different answers and it's much easier to do it in that more um, <clears throat> research perspective than to just, you know, ask yourself straight up questions and give yourself like kind of, uh, what's the word? Shallow, like surface level answers. Yeah. yeah. Great. Awesome. So those uh, infomercials will soon change to uh, to uh, cartoon movies. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> I don't even have TV anymore. Now I have, a, uh, I have an app. You, so you will. You commercials you, somehow <laughs> somehow you will find a screen with a lot of cartoon movies on that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, coming back to the competition, like, do you think and sort of tying in the quantum physics uh, and other things we talked about? Do you think people are scared of competition because they have this mindset of scarcity that, you know, there's not enough in the world to go around and if there's competition, they're going to take it all? I think that, yes, there definitely is a level of scarcity there in their mindset. But I think what part of it really is, is like analysis paralysis. It's kind of like, they look so good. They seem to be doing everything right. Why don't I have my stuff as together as they do? Oh man, they said that, and you know that's that's what I do too. But they said it so much better than me, and it it it, it mindset wise, it more just makes you feel inadequate versus oh they're going to take all the clients. There's not going to be enough left for, left for me. Mm -hmm. um, and we all do this. I do it. I have you know friends. They launch their website, and I'm like, oh man, their website's like so good. But when I look at mine, it's good too. Like we're <laughs> in different ways. It's, and they, you know, they're jealous. They did the same thing when I launched my website. You know, they're, I wish I had yours. I, you know, you, I wish you could write all my copy or whatnot, but we can't because we're like too close together. So yeah. <laughs> it would be a bad idea for us to write each other's copy. <laughs> cool. All right. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing all this knowledge and wisdom with us. Uh, now, before I let you go, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Yeah, so my website is hollyshantal.com at C-H-A-N-T-A-L. Um, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Um, I love questions if you want to shoot me a message. Um, 
And yeah, and on the blog, if you look up under search, if you just search ideal client interview, you should be able to come up with that blog post if you're interested in what those questions are. Um, and yeah, I love talking to people, so let me know. Awesome, that's great. Well, thank you once again. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And that's all for now. Until next time. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or a career professional, then I invite you to join our growing community. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. As a welcome bonus, you will get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series and Mastering Your Inner Game video series absolutely free. This series of short videos address some core issues which are instrumental in helping you move forward in your business or career. The videos are yours to view and share for free. No obligations or strings attached, except for one. You have to take action and implement it. So join us today, navigate to bootstrapping.group. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you. The link is right there. And if you want to be notified about our new content, please do consider subscribing to our channel.